so it's been two weeks and you haven't been exercising at all for this. I mean, practicing this thing that we do. This thing that we do. Your pregame tongue twisters. You're a professional in the space. Okay. In the podcast space, you're a professional in the space and you haven't been working out the muscles. I have a new warm up that I do before. I got an injury. I bit my lip from working out the muscles so much. Yeah. See, Roman, you got You got to Before you get on here, Mm -hmm. just start saying. It's like a choo choo's going by. Yeah. Yeah. A choo choo full of pap content. (laughs) Wow. Paps. Please presents a perfectly acceptable podcast and audio choose your own adventure Django when you hear the sound that's when you okay so there was some audio ducking one. there was just some audio okay. ducking that G- was give me another on one there. I'll do a less sharp sound uh so Django because this is an audio choose your own adventure book listener when you hear the sound that was perfect, Django. Uh, when you hear that sound, that is when you know, Django, it is time Turn to... the page. To one of the two options that we will be giving you. So, um, welcome to the Comics Place, which is perfectly sub- podcast, choose your own adventure audio. Uh, I'm Django. You can, at this moment, right? either jump to... The next podcast in your feed, or, <laughs> or continue listening to this one. Continue listening to this <laughs> I am Jeff. I'm Django. I'm Roman. And he is not entertained. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm here. You know what this reminds me of was when, when I was uh, young in elementary school, my dad took me and my two best friends, Wyatt and... Uh, Christopher Stebbins to the beach and on the way home we listened to Reliant K's Sadie Hawkins dance on repeat the entire way and when we got like 10 minutes from home my dad was like can we please change this damn song (laughs) Uh, that's 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 the energy you're giving me right now So um, this is a uh, this is a fun this is a fun thing that we do where we talk about comics and pop culture um, and comics shops. Oh my god, I'm nervous. Oh my god, no, I'm not. Um, listen, <laughs> don't, we have don't a be nervous. Don't be nervous. We have a special email this week from somebody we all care a lot about, and I'm going to play it from him. Are you ready oh, for this, absolutely. Django? To really usher in the era of 333, we have Usher himself. <laughs> 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 wow, Usher Elmer. Hello and happy episode 333, or trace, 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 as some might say. Uh, today's question comes courtesy of penelope elmer she would like to know if you not if when you are buried what comic issue would you like to be buried with before people find you in 100 years uh because people would be digging you up in 100 years for some reason um that comic would speak to exactly who you are and um also penny wants to know are you going to be buried in a coffin uh cremated buried alive um you know what do you want what are you excited for um turn up love you guys 
Awesome. Say goodbye, Penny. I love it. Oh, what a weirdo. Um, listen, I love it. And Penny, you are a tremendous badass, as always. Well, I can tell you right now, uh, the way I want to go out is encased in gold and asked to be hung on the mantle of one of my children's homes. Elvis Presley style. What's the comic that you're going to be hanged with? Um, and hung the with? one that I will be encased in gold with, mm. yes, and thus hung with, um, would be uh, either Pax Americana or my autographed Batman Incorporated volume two issue number one by Grant Morrison, Frank Quitely and Chris Burnham. So okay. for multiple different reasons in there. Point one, of clarification. Yeah. You're going to be encased in gold at full size. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how, where are your kids going to get a mantle high enough to hang a six and a half foot tall? I'm picturing golden figly. So I'm, I'm picture I'm picturing in the crucifixion pose uh, mounted okay. on wood as such. And I'm assuming that if they've got a, you know, a standard stone fireplace, which is going to have a lift of about a foot for the base stone area where you sit in front of the fireplace, which goes up, yeah. you know, three feet, uh, you're looking at about four feet right there. That's where I want the base part of the cross. <laughs> so you'll have like a but, mounting bracket in your middle yeah, back. Somewhere. And then I want it tilted at an angle up to the roof at that point. So okay. like looking down on looking down on them. Yeah. Making sure that they know that you are lording over. And why that? Comment? No, 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 no. Christ-like because I'm humble. No, right. I'm no lording. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. My lording. Yeah. What? Uh, why that comic? Uh, well, because Pax Americana is, you know, probably like my favorite single issue of a comic. Uh, and it kind of, yeah, so that. Or the one that's autographed by the those three people that I love. It's been a run that I love, tied to a podcast that we did, autographed by those people, symbolizing the interactions I had with them. Uh, and it's a great cover. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I would like to be cremated and then buried in my cremated form in a child-sized coffin, only four feet deep. And I'd like to be buried with the third issue of Captain Dingleberry, because I like the name a lot. It would and it would pose a lot of questions when found. Whenever this inevitable spree of grave robbing, grave robbing begins. A hundred years from when we die, Jeff, that's when it begins. Yeah. And I'm assuming oh, right. that the three of us are going to die in unison recording a podcast. Yeah, we we'll have to make sure spit. when the nuclear rain falls that we all have podcasting equipment in our shared shelter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roman, same question. And air filters. Oh, yeah, because it's going to be stinky. Oh, yeah. air filters. Lots of yeah. Putin in there. Lots yeah. of pooting. Um, well, I was, <laughs> this is a this is a much real, closer question to Roman's heart. Okay, he's <laughs> had a real to think about it. <laughs> in real life, I was always it thought I was going to be um, looms larger cremated. Um, but since Jeff said that thing, it made me think it would be cool to be like in in encased in I amber. Know. But that's but that's really expensive. Okay, so amber. what so if you encased, got creamed? Well, in case like corn, loose. Yeah. How about lucite? Like, like Maplethorpe's piss Christ. So, in lucite, with um, I don't know the issue number. It's Howard the Duck. It's later in the series. Um, oh man, it's the first issue I ever read of Howard the Duck. And on the cover, it's it's a super existential issue. And on the cover, he's just standing on a stage, nervous, 
in a suit that's way too big for him and he's bombing <laughs> and it is just about like that's the final utility issue. of life isn't that is the, the, the final fi- issue it's like so. 30 34 or something like that it's it's up there but i don't think it's the, well the final two issues were not steve gerber so they don't count but um oh. either that or i would want to be buried with spawn number one so somebody would be rich when they open me in 100 years <laughs> that's a Whoa, good call. i got another 15 dollars <laughs> 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 oh uh, Roman, that is issue number 26. 26 and actually the cover he's saying sudden death on the cover yeah oh yeah yeah that's right Did you hear the death. one about sudden death so yeah. <laughs> wow that was more appropriate than i would have expected us to get to it's so weird too sight, that, howard the duck yeah like, when i was a kid that's weird too that one of my mom's co-workers gave me some comics and that issue was one of them and it's the one that really stood out in my mind okay you guys it's really fun thanks Let's, will thanks, thanks will. penny Thanks, Penny. Penny. And thanks for telling us what episode number this is, 333. And when our graves are going to be dug up. Yes, exhumed. (laughs) Uh, Did y'all read The Deviant, A Christmas Story by James Tinian IV and Joshua Hickson with Hassan Atsumane Elaho? I couldn't wait. What a perfect holiday book. Yeah. And it's 10 issues long, which if you factor in like maybe a two-month break or something means it'll be ending at christmas time as well which is awesome Any issues i'm amazed yeah See, I, I believe that, it's I, a 10 issue i picked this wow. up thinking it was a one shot yeah i was surprised you know what it. it was a great one shot yeah oh yeah uh <laughs> which i just i just i just uh i just came clean with everybody i uh this was this was hot hot fun comic hot goodness not hot garbage this was a really great comic guys i don't know if you yeah, i like the art a whole lot in it yeah it, it reminded like, uh... me of uh, the guys the guys you know brew baker and phillips oh um, wow it yep. looked like phillips i could see to that too it had uh oh gosh greg smallwood vibes to me sure i could see greg smallwood yeah yeah but mostly and... it had joshua hickson vibes and like Paul Azaceta, the guy from Outcast. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, this is this was this takes place over two time periods and in two different physical locations, and it kind of links uh attempts to link these supernatural events in that there were these murders that were perpetrated by this super tall, skinny, gaunt, creepy Santa costumed axed man that's super creepily designed and very well done. And we are kind of following this character as he's beginning the hunt for, you know, tracking down some connections between these two separated events that maybe makes a causal link while also meeting some of the players involved. I thought it was a great setup. I thought the page count was perfect. Mm -hmm. I loved the character work. (laughs) I really liked this main character. Well, I liked him quite a bit, but I really liked the prisoner he was interviewing, who was like one of the people arrested for doing it, but uh, it was not him. And he, you know, Everyone kind of made his peace with it by now. Yeah. Yeah. Just this old queen smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was pretty phenomenal. And I love Christmas. So I'm glad that we're getting two issues of this and then get, you know, in the holiday season still. It's it's a nine issue series. Okay. And I would guess that that means that there's going to be a collection out just in time for next Christmas. Nice, creepy, horror Christmas story like that. Yeah, man, I I really like the art in here. I thought that the uh, the pacing was good. It's probably a double sized issue, I would say. Yeah, and that gave them a lot of room to breathe, kind of like how Headlopper gives you 
nine pages of slogging through the swamp just to sort of set a scene. This has enough pages that you can have a lot of dialogue and you can have meaningful character interactions, but you can also have like, you can take two, a two page spread to show mostly snow and a little bit of Santa Claus in a, in a murder outfit. 42 pages. I totally agree. It gives you that feeling of like, kind of like the reckless books do where you get, mm-hmm. yeah, pl- plenty of time to sort of breathe in the art and get the atmosphere. Roman, who did you identify with most in this book? <laughs> you want me to say Mr. Olson, the old prisoner. I, but I, I, I don't want you to say anything. I want you to tell us the truth, Roman. I, get, I, uh, our main character's friend, the blonde-haired guy that drives the car. Mm. All right. <laughs> All right. You no, are no, it was Mr. Quite a car driver. Except <laughs> <laughs> he smokes, and I, I only smoked for about four months, so it's hard. Yeah, to you, and I abhor the habit. Yeah, I like it was set part of it the, one of the timelines in the modern time the current timeline um where he's interviewing olsen in the prison i assume they're in the prison um it's in milwaukee and i've always yeah. wanted to go to milwaukee i don't i don't know i think because of laverne and shirley when i was a kid but i've never been there and i want to go i just love like you get these great establishing pages of each location and each time frame so chicago in 2023 and then mm-hmm. uh, milwaukee in 73 so 50 years earlier but the yeah just these wonderful colors andrew shout out andrew our wonderful podcast editor who loves colors uh if if you read this issue i bet you enjoyed the colors if you didn't you should check them out you will uh yeah yeah just uh i just i thought it was a great first issue and everyone knows i've maybe got a tiny bit of jimmy tiv prejudice so he's been on a, a good run of book writing for me do you think um what's your guesses do you think the uh that creepy ass santa killer is is a regular human in a Santa suit or is it some, something supernatural? That's Man, I didn't question. even think of the fact that it could could go either way. I, I hope that it's just, just a guy that likes to dress up like Santa and kill people. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I think that would be creepier, honestly. Yeah. But... Yeah, and I there is his physical form is very deformed in a way that I hope there's something interesting that's maybe almost supernatural there. Yeah, and what's that that weird noise it makes? I didn't hear the noise. Well, because it's a comic, Um, (laughs) but but it's 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 that it's the the effect is like like yeah yeah it's like a asthmatic Batman. I if it is supernatural, I hope that it's very light on the supernatural. Yeah, I would agree. I give it. A 9.5. 9.5 on the Jeff Friskayo. I'm going to give yeah. it a nine minus half a point for being set in Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part I can of only the read this awesomeness. during Christmas now. <laughs> um, that's such a great title too. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a nine. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It does have a great title. The deviant. Hey guys. Hey guys. Guys. Did you Jeff. read Geiger ground zero? Number one. Man, I did. And actually, we're talking about these books, I think, in the order that I read them. Oh, on yeah. The toilet this week. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me what you thought about this Geiger Ground Zero, because I I don't know. Did you notice that Gary Frank did the Alan Moore thing? What's that? All, the killing joke thing, all of the transitions mirror, like all of the last images of a scene and first images of a scene are the same. Oh, I didn't notice that, but that's pretty cool. It's like the best execution of it I've seen since Killing Joke. Mm. I think it's like a really fucking great comic. And it's got a lot of like the pomp in terms of the artistic execution that something like Doomsday Clock had by the same artist or Watchmen and Killing Joke does. But it is Jeff Johns who is just inherently less heady and just doesn't have it in him. So Mm -hmm. 
it's yeah it's like this character forward uh adventure with incredible art that's doing some incredibly highbrow art stuff in it and again i think gary frank like when he's doing every panel in a comic it's as good as any artist in the business currently so okay there's a there's a couple things that this is wrapped up in during new york comic-con uh jeff johns and a bunch of his friends announced ghost machine yeah. as an imprint right with a whole bunch of heavy hitter creators yeah this did we see any new information in here really because this felt like just a recap of geiger's origin yeah i that, will tell that you pissed me off when i when i realized that we weren't like we were just kind of getting a previously on yeah i don't remember the extent of his origin that we've got like his appearance to me i mean i feel like we saw moments around this stuff so like i don't know that we hung out with this scientist guy who's responsible for this bomb creation i think that was all new right and i think that we saw like mm -hmm. when the neighbors tried to steal the shelter which they kind of didn't show here they led up to that moment and then we got off-screen dialogue of we're gonna take your shelter neighbor or whatever mm -hmm. um so i don't think there was any like brand new revelations about his origin but i think it was new moments around all that stuff but i also don't have any problem with it because they've started this imprint and there's kind of a shared universe that's been built around this character that they didn't really mean you know with yeah. guy or junkyard joe and this other one that's going to be coming that i can't wait for the red coat one um but i could see them wanting that be like yeah we wanted to have like a small trade origin thing for it so you could maybe read junkyard joe and have some frame of reference for this other thing if you wanted or if you wanted to jump in I, yeah i don't know it didn't bother me at all because i thought it was such a well-done comic that i was really into it the whole time nice yeah good maybe i was just grumpy hmm. well no it kind of bothered me too in fact i yeah. it bothered me enough that i didn't notice the artistic stuff that jeff's talking about with the mm -hmm. paneling yeah. and, and i which i now regret um, plus I read it on Tuesday cause we were, somebody needed it for a file. So, uh, I read it quickly to give it up for that. Um, but yeah, I was thrown because I, I also didn't, and it's been so long since we had an issue of Geiger. I couldn't quite remember if any of this was new. I knew some of it was rehash. And I was also confused because, uh, I thought ghost machine was already an imprint. <laughs> no, that's um, mad ghost. Okay. I guess. I'm yeah. Which that. But also they've. But, but like also in previous, but also in previous Geiger comics and Junkyard Joe, they've mentioned that collective name. I could have sworn Mad so Ghost was, or Ghost Machine, whichever one they're using now. Something with Ghost. <laughs> okay, I think um, Mad Ghost one... was, was. I think there was a Mad Ghost. Yeah, oh, there's the first Ghost. That was well, that's, that's in the universe. I'm pretty sure yeah. that like the kind of Jeff John staple was Mad Ghost, which was Junkyard Joe and this and maybe one third one. Yeah, because they already did that special last year the before they introduced yeah. Red Coat and another yeah. character. So, yeah. so they're slightly changing the name now that they brought more people in. But yeah, like, yeah. And just the fact that I couldn't remember if any of this was new or not was like one of the reasons I was like, okay, I don't care. Like, I'm glad that I'm getting it at this point either way. But it's been yeah, like 150 years. Yeah, but I feel like the, the doctor stuff and kind of the idea that his powers like suck out radiation when it stops, you know, is all like new stuff around him. Yeah, I don't remember the doctor before. Yeah. The power stuff I didn't think was new, but maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? You, you're very right about the transition panels. They're really fucking cool. incredibly done. Yeah, yeah. So well done. I missed them. 
Yeah, I <laughs> I loved it because then I finished the issue and went back and I was like, did I miss any? Like it was really cool. So Jeff, yeah, what do you give it? Uh, I gave it a nine point and yeah, I bet if I had never read any of the story before or anything, I mean, yeah, I think it functions better having the basis of information that we do have rather than dropping in with this without knowing anything. I think you could just drop in. Though. I think you could, but I, I think there was a lot that I had in sort of stored memory that helped me get through it or at least guess, direction of it. I guess it kind of irritated me from like a, like a meta business standpoint more than it probably should. But like, it seems really early on in this character's universe to give us a recap. And this felt like yeah. a recap so that they could launch the rest of their series. But yeah, that's, that's should, my baggage. We should flip through it. Cause I, yeah, I don't think it's a recap, but, um, yeah. but I could be wrong, but yeah, we should flip through it just cause I also love Geiger and it's been so long. What do you give it Roman? I'll give it a seven. All right. Seven, eight and a half and a nine. No, seven, eight, nine. Hey, nice. That's an average us, of eight, boys. That's an average of eight. I love it, Django. If you would like to listen to the next review, don't skip ahead. If you would like to listen to the review after this one, do skip ahead. Okay, let's go. Django, where would you like to take me? Jeff, I would like to take you somewhere that you like to be. Because you're going to Fantastic Four number 13. Fields. Fantastic right. Four, though, is real. Watching. Watching Beatles documentaries. Fantastic Four, let's get into it. Wowza, gentlemen. Django, I'm curious, did this issue course correct for you? I, I think maybe maybe all of us felt like the first issue was the weakest of the series so far. Um, did you like this one more than the previous one? I like this one a lot more than the previous one. So Me previously, too. the Fantastic Four got blipped into a universe where everything was normal, except that everybody was dinosaurs. And we found lots of little nitpicky problems with the idea that everybody would be the same characters after millions of years of being dinosaurs instead of people. Um, but in this one, uh, the thing and his Pachycephalosaurus thing self decided to uh, go chase Doom and Tyrannosaurus Rex Doom to prevent them from teaming up to merge the two worlds, which from every angle seems like a terrible idea. And uh <laughs> Not the, to the, dooms. <laughs> yeah. The way they do it is really smart. I really like the way Ryan North is dealing with Dr. Doom in this series. Totally. Um, just kind of, kind of fucking with doom using his ego, at, like using his strengths against him. Uh, like he's, he's very smart. He's got the ego to uh, be the, almost the perfect bad guy. Uh, but the, the fantastic four, Neither the Fantastic Four or Doom himself kind of uh, figure out good ways to defeat him. Yeah, I love the secret to success in this issue was just like plant the seed of distrust into the Dooms and <laughs> they would destroy each other. And yeah. that was just fantastic, like because that's the best way to deal with Dooms. And then the fact that it is just a well-written Doctor Doom talking to a well-written Doctor Doom that also happens to be a Transformers Rex with tiny little arms that shoots beams out of his mouth is fucking incredible. Roman Dinosaur, Fantastic Four. Where are you at? I like, uh, yeah, I like this one a lot. I mean, I didn't care for the idea at first because I thought, well, this just looks too silly having having them be dinosaurs. That's what the dinosaurs think when they read our comics. Exactly. Well, yeah, but we're humanosaurs, so we don't. It doesn't matter what the dinosaurs think. Um, <laughs> I kept on wondering how did how did dinosaur Victor with its little arms how did he make his armor? 
Well, he's brilliant. So, but, but yeah, he is brilliant. So he probably created something that did it for him. Hey Siri, uh, make I, me I, some I, armor. Oh, no, don't. <laughs> shh, shh, shh. I like this one. Yeah, I like this one a lot more than the previous issues. It was fun. I love the fact that it was Ben and Ben that figured out how to defeat Doom. Dude, it's um, kind of crazy. It's been. 13 issues so it's been a year since the kids were blipped out so when they're yeah, like they're coming yeah. back next month i was like i don't really want them to yeah we don't need the kids back i don't care but um, we have a secret to find out that's true that's true um it is funny though that every issue the artist the way he draws the thing with no neck it's just especially from the side the way his head just kind of floats above his it's his crazy uh, torso oh god it bugs me yeah yeah it's quite <laughs> a lot of only, people but that's only my my, my only complaint it was a fun issue. I don't issue. think it would bother me if if nobody had ever pointed it out to me. I noticed it the first the first time he had done it, which was the full page shot of him at the like on the final page of an issue. I do I remember like, that one. Yeah, I was like, damn. The yeah. last panel of this issue that shows the last panel that has Ben in it is is a profile shot, and it's just and he's got a gigantic brow, and it's 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 funny. It's a weird choice to be making. It's just a it weird, is. It, is. it doesn't make any anatomical sense, and it's been consistent so it seems to be happening on purpose yeah well it looks like those like how to draw comics the marvel way it looks like one of those like the second step in drawing ben Grimm, except he finished the body but he didn't finish the head yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> draw yeah. a circle for his head okay leave it <laughs> yeah. you're done yeah the writing is excellent yeah. it is and yeah. his work in dinosaur comics in the past definitely helped with this one i gave it a 9.0 i'd also give it a 9.0 I'll give it an 8.4. Roman, where do you want to take us? To Funky Town. Yeah, you monster. I'm not going to Funky Town with you again. I'll go to Funky yes, Town with you. If, if you'd like to follow going. Jeff and Roman to Funky Town, continue listening. <laughs> if you would not like to follow Django, Jeff and Roman to Funky Town and you'd rather hang out with Django. We should probably record the Funky Town one later. So let's just record the hanging okay. out here with Django one now. And then Roman and I will record the Funky one after this. Uh, so you can't do both put at the same in. time. Yeah, I'm trying to okay. decide what to uh, what to save for my for my for my buckshot and what to talk about now. Oh um, yeah, did um, you say fuckshot? He did. Maybe that's that's called a spoiler. Where I'm from, what? Spoiler. That we're gonna do buckshots. Oh, spoiler oh, alert! We're gonna do buckshots. Andrew, can you put that at some earlier point too? Okay. Did you guys? Uh, no, nobody. None of you got. No, I, we already talked about this. Nobody read GI Joe except me. You? I want to hear about it. Tell us. Yeah. So what happened with it? What is this thing? Well, the cool thing is, this is the newest addition to the, um, what do they call it? The Energon universe? What are they calling that? With yeah, Transformers yeah. and virtual... Whatever. It's part of the Energon universe? Yeah. Oh, um, shit. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but the coolest thing I thought about it was, it's issue 301, so it's continuing the numbering from the Marvel G.I. Joe and the IDW, I think, had it next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they got Larry Hama back, who's the original writer from Marvel. And IDW. And IDW. Wow, he's been, yeah, I guess, God, he's, I think he said in his text piece in this, he's been writing G.I. Joe now for 40 years. Jesus. Which is amazing. It's something. <laughs> yeah, it's something. Um, and, you know, I bet this is really cool for fans of G.I. Joe. I mean, the art um, by Chris Mooneyham um, is cool. I mean, it looks like an 80s good He may 80s have done Joe comic. older G.I. Joe comic. Oh, really? Okay. Maybe. Um, unfortunately for me, I'm not a, gi joe fan and i mean there's all sorts of details in here that i'm sure for uh military military tech geeks and stuff and ballistics guys and things like that uh or women um all sorts of details and designations and and weapons and things and 
I just don't care about any of that. I I was like, eh, okay, yeah, whatever, whatever. They've got a big whatever, blah, 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 3.96 that shoots the, however many rounds a second. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, who cares? I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's get to Destro or somebody I recognize. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how to, how to, was this good? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the right audience for it. Um, Can you tell us why it's in the Energon universe? Cause I was under yeah. the impression that this was separate from the Energon universe. I this was, was a continuation. Too. And then the Energon stuff was with Duke and Cobra commander. Oh, okay. Well, Duke is also in this. So, but could it be uh, I, a different Duke, like a different uh, universe Duke? Like, do they say it's part of the Energon universe in there? Um, I'm trying to find something why I think that. Do they reference Transformers or Void Rivals? Do they, do they say Robert Kirkman is my god at some point? To listen to Roman read this book out loud. <laughs> no, no, I'm trying his podcast. I read. G.I. Joe 301 out loud. I mean, Larry Hama is talking here, thanking Robert Kirkman. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not part of that. I thought it was since Duke is his own series is coming up and it's part of the. uh, Yeah, but that Duke was in Transformers number two. Yeah. And I thought it was the same Duke. I thought it was the same reality Duke because he's, you know, second command of G.I. Joe. Um, Well, there's no way we'll ever know. Well, there's no way we'll ever know. What kind of score would you give it? Oh, it does say to reveal the origins of G.I. Joe in a world impacted by the arrival of Autobots and Decepticons. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. G.I. Joe and Transformers have teamed up so many times in the past in that movie by Jim Rugg. Have they? There's a lot in here on the on the, and on the character sheets. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. G.I. Joe Real American Hero 301 will be published on November 14th. It's worth noting that this will not be set in the Energon universe. Instead, it will be situated in its own universe as the previous 300 issues were. Oh, well, that's okay. confusing. So we got two Dukes running around, one that is with the Decepticons. You know, it's like Elseworlds. It's like Elseworlds. It's, it's the Hammer World. Well, now I carry the Hammerverse. The Hammerverse. Um, Hammer, <laughs> Hammer time. I'll give it a Stop. seven. I'll give it a seven with the co- ca- caveat that this Hammer might time. be a nine for GI Joe fans, but I'm not one, so for me it's a seven. Our seven podcast, I fanboys pick of the week. <laughs> um, made it their pick of the week. Oh, fancy! Side note: what, what are we talking about next, Jeff? Well, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. Yeah. We flew too close to the sun for too long. Daredevil number three was probably seventy percent a fill-in artist, and I'm going to be honest. Not a very good one, but mm. like 30% of it was Aaron Cooter. And this is the Saladin Ahmed run. And the Aaron Cooter art was incredible. Um, you know, it's not terrible art, but it's certainly not Aaron Cooter or even kind of. I'm not sure if you guys are reading this comic. I haven't yeah. read G.I. Joe, I think, ever. Daredevil? Oh, Daredevil. <laughs> we left oh, G.I. Joe. I left Daredevil eight issues into um, the guy with all the consonants. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this run has been, yeah, some of the best Daredevils I've seen in a while. And it's just a bummer to have. But like we knew it was going to happen, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Like he kept up the Avengers Forever art pace like monthly, which is pretty impressive. But I hope I hope this isn't indicative. Roman, what do you think? I like the writing of this issue fine. But yeah, yeah. once the Phil and artists took over, it was such a jarring shock because there's yeah. there's this gorgeous two page spread here. Oh, um, of it's Aaron Cooter's Daredevil, and, and it's just it's just classic Daredevil. The shadow and the way he has the the shadows on Daredevil's costume on his body, except they're gradations of black. And the foreshortening, each other. And, it's, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. That, yeah, though that 
two page spread there is a 10 right there but it the rest is. of the book is probably i don't know a six or seven yeah i'm giving i'm giving it an 8.0 and i think it would have been a 9.5 if it was all cooter so oh, yeah good, good time to be a daredevil fan isn't it it really is we've had a string of great runs with the uh, roman and, and I need at the you to end settle. spoilers everyone spoilers oh. but at the end bullseye returns mm. bullseye we just got a first appearance of bullseye in the store the other day bullshit bull true that, yeah that was it was that a daredevil daredevil 131 baby oh wow cool uh what were you gonna ask me Django? i was gonna ask you to settle on a number so oh, for daredevil give us a give us a span and that is not the way oh, rankings okay. work well well nancy um i'll give it I don't like it when you pretend to be ronald reagan yeah <laughs> just i i you can always keep doing do it, i don't I really always, like it i love when he does it i'm gonna be absolutely honest Django. it's not gonna change our relationship it's not gonna make me change anything i do i just want you to know i don't really like it well, but jeff I does sat, i sat down with garbage and garvey i said um ah it's so it's such a difference between the art um no, i can't tell if tough. he's being reagan or not he's being dana carvey i'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a 7.5 Seven and a half. You said Tana between Carvey a six and a could... seven, but I like that you settled on a seven and a half. It's pretty good. Yay. Hey, guys. Yeah, bud. Right, Django, uh, did you read Lotus Land, Roman? Did you I read Lotus did. Land? Lotus Land? What's that? Sure the newest read. book by Darcy Van Polgeest, who wrote oh, no. Little Bird. Oh, no. Tell me about it. With Chow Philippe. Django, why don't you Patricio tell... Del Pesh. Why don't you tell our friend about it? Who? Ron? Yeah. Ron Reagan? Yeah. Ron Reagan. Ron Ron Dana Carvey Reagan. I think His Roman was being died, Django. That's in terrible humor. Who's Dana Carvey's? Oh, I didn't know that. That's sad. Yeah, yeah bud. Yeah. Wow. Um, and here you are out here, <laughs> just talking about comics like it doesn't impact me. Yeah, man, you really backed me into a corner there, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kip. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know that was my nickname? <laughs> Uh, all right, Listen, so we're, we're... <laughs> Lotus Land is uh, Darcy Van Bolt, Polgeist, who we really liked from uh, Little Bird. This is not Ian Bertram on art. It's Chow Philippe. And at first, I wasn't sure that I liked the combination, but about halfway through, I decided I actually really like this artist. They've got a they've got a nice line style. By the end, we see that they can draw like believable kids, which is uh, like if you're going to have a kid in your series, you don't want an artist who draws kids like little deformed adults. Um, and it's got a it's got a story that kind of reminded me of um, Altered Carbon, the Netflix show with uh, some oh, of my you favorite were actors such an it. Altered Carbon guy. I liked it. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so it's you know it's just this dude and living with a kid and the his old boss comes in and says, "Oh, we need you to leave this little cabin and leave your kid there all alone um, and come to the city of Vancouver." And also the year is twenty six forty eight, and they set up a nice mystery and it's it's just like sci fi sci fi crime noir with some uh sort of ai robotic vibes um i liked it quite a bit i liked it quite a bit yeah i liked um, it too i 
read the first half of it or so in a day or in a night, like late at night, but I went through and read pretty much the whole thing again. And I like the art quite a bit as well. It's, it's very much its own sort of style of human body proportions. It, mm-hmm. It's normal at times, but then leans into like, not like super cartoony, but just in the way that sometimes cartoony proportions can be a little bit uh leaning into their own physics uh but yeah there's a little bit of like blade runner in here but there's also a little Mm -hmm. like yeah um what's on the kid's chest that's the mystery right it's it looks like a map yeah some sort of map or something or other yeah interesting brand move because like uh you know like a little bird blew the doors down and had style and this is of a you know like still totally competent but not like nearly so stylized yeah but i don't think writers always get to choose who their artist is and no i would if i had to guess uh it's a lot harder to get uh ian bertram to bertram to do something now than it was when they did that book together like i think they're working on a sequel and i hope he does the the art on it yeah i hope so i just you know maybe maybe some part of me would have really tried to hold out to get somebody that's really off the beaten path again Um, what writer has ever been able to pull that off like an amazing artist right out of the gate and then never dipping in style or quality after that i don't know rick remender is pretty fucking up there like he started with fucking captain dingleberry though like i think that i think that darcy van polgi's first comic was maybe little bird right i think it was yeah 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 so like to come out of the gate with that kind of art and like that would be that that's a tall order to follow it up immediately with or even six years later with something that that interesting hey you big ray of sunshine i'm just saying maybe i would have tried to hold out i would have you know tried to hold out to do some i would have if if i were doing everything from brand manager person you know advising a client (laughs) i would work pretty hard to make sure my my second effort was as unique in tone with all of the like how lauded that was and all of the Mm -hmm. you know respect in the industry they both got for that i would have yeah you know you know you know this one there's a lot of aspects of it that are a lot more similar to a lot of things i've encountered than little bird was yeah so far so far one issue so far it also kind of reminded me of um that remembrance movie that i really liked from a couple years ago with wolverine in it oh i didn't see that but i remember you talking about it just just kind of a cool sci-fi noir situation. Yeah. yeah I I would give this one a nine. Easy nine for me. Yeah. 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 Um well Roman. Roman. What do you you got you got something we get to talk about? And why is it the Ministry of Compliance? Oh, did you read that, Roman? Or did you Django? I did. I want to hear about I it. I right, want to hear that's... what Roman If you like okay, Roman, what uh what are we talking about? <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you guys did you guys read the last issue of Big Bang? A big game, sorry. Big bang. Oh, I big did. That was this series. week, and we sold out <laughs> yeah. of it. Okay. Yeah, oh, well. I did. Great call, Roman. I don't have that one with me, but yeah, I really enjoyed that big double size finale of that. I, I did too. I, I think. I mean, there's a lot of characters I didn't know who they were, um, and didn't know if they were former Millerverse characters or if he made them up for this series. I think most of them were. I think from every titles. single one of them is from his titles. I believe so. Yeah, there's nobody I mean, that I couldn't place. Well, there's a bunch I couldn't place, but there's but some looked familiar. But yeah, this is pretty wild. And I thought they, you know, spoilers killed Hit Girl, but then it spoilers didn't. Um, yep, that was good. Yep. That was good. I really liked. Yeah, I 
I liked it because it just all sort of hinged on this like deus ex machina of like, okay, well, you get one time jump, jump back to this one moment where you could then use the time jump to go warn all these other people and she was preparing for it for years. That was awesome. I have no <laughs> problem with that like because it's a fun deus ex machina that was like seated and makes sense and I didn't necessarily expect a lot more than that. And like knowing that there was going to be subsequent volumes of many of these things, I was just kind of excited to see how they were going to pull it off. And I, I liked it. And the like the preceding issues did a really good job of just making it look like he was just going to kill all of his characters. Like I, I believed that we were going to be left with like kick ass and hit girl at the end. And yeah. I, I thought yeah. that, that like bring, bringing her back and, and giving the heroes a chance. I, I was surprised more than once in this issue and, I, I don't think he usually sticks the landing for me. Mm-hmm. I usually wish that there was more to his stories. And I thought that this one did a really good job. It, it like it even brought back the reborn characters. Yeah, that was cool. Amazing. That and Sharky, I had both kind of forgotten about. And then they mm-hmm. both showed back up, which I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah. 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 I'd forgotten that Sharky was even a Mark Millar character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it had it. And I liked the endings for Dippy people. I mean, cool things for uh kick ass and everything i wasn't sure the very last little bit where the awful bad guy finally gets killed um is that from something because it's like a valhalla type place is that from something from one of miller's that's, books that's from reborn yeah oh, okay. so so the dude dies and then they kill him after he's dead he's, yeah. he's in the no. afterlife and they cut his head off reborn yeah, so i don't even re- I don't even remember Reborn. That was not super, probably like a year after we moved into the new store. Yeah. Or maybe like a year and a half. Um, and Greg Capullo did the art in it. Yeah, I see the cover here on the yeah the Miller World titles reading order, which is cool that that's here in the back. Show you all these titles. Man, if yeah. I could have if I could have given them one note, I would have wanted each comics individual artist to come back for this. Um, yeah. I'm really disappointed oh. they didn't. 3.0. Yeah, that would have been really cool to like have that reborn page be done by McFarlane or Capullo, Capullo and to have. Yeah. yeah, that really would have been cool. Um, I will give it an 8.5. I give it an 8.52. Yeah, I, I think it was just a really fun, dumb, imaginative yeah. thing. When they're all your I'll toys, give- you get to do whatever you want with them. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it an eight. Yeah. Um, I will talk about the Ministry of Compliance. Please do. Um. I was hoping you comply. There are a lot <laughs> of words in this comic, you guys. I'm not it's, surprised. It is setting up like a Lazarus level world. In fact, a lot of it reminded me of Lazarus because you're just sort of thrown into this character who is taking care of things for bosses. And it's a um, thick issue. It's a super thick issue, but it's and and it's a lot of talking heads, little bits of action. They 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 don't really. Uh, they make you work to figure out what's going on and why, who who the factions are and what's going on. But um, I thought it was really rewarding. The violence is super over the top. And I thought that was awesome. Uh, just, yeah, like like a surprisingly engaging 50-page comic. Wow. Uh, written, written by John Ridley, who I don't think I have super loved his superhero stuff. Um I think there was something that was outside of the superhero genre that he wrote pretty early mm. on that I liked. Okay. Um, but this, this feels like a Greg Rucka sort of world that he's trying to build here. And I'm I'm glad that it was a double or triple sized issue to kick off this super complex story because I absolutely would have dropped it if I only got a third of this. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to subscribe to it 
and hell and yeah it. it's it's not a it's not a friendly read but it's rewarding so yeah i i don't know i i hope that that's enough to get somebody who's interested in space alien government conspiracy theory enforcer sword lady stories to pick up their own copy but yeah 56 pages 5.99 that's a pretty good price break yeah yeah it's it's a it's a juicy comic juicy the blood and guts are pretty juicy too if you know what i mean dude you guys we should probably go into bug shots here in a minute but like we don't need to spend a lot of time on it but is everyone caught up with danger street because oh my god this book is fucking good i can't wait for the next one i can't wait for the next one do you remember when we were reading the first three issues and we're like, what the, f- why can't, has Tom like, King finally shit the, drop the shit, drop the, you, shit the ball? Can you believe that he did it? Like he made us care about a story with these 12 characters in it. That is astounding <laughs> to me. Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. and tell it in a unique and interesting way and like make you care. I just don't. It's it's so clever, Roman. And this has just been up your alley the whole time. You still loving it? Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely am. Um, though it is funny, I'm, and I think it was on the run of this book that now I agree with Django. It's really distracting when when uh, uh, non-fat curse words his cursing though he doesn't do it too much in this at least as much as he usually does it it seems like I poisoned you. But the, yeah, the inconsistency <laughs> of the letters when he does it. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, just his yeah. excessive cursing. Like, well, both. I mean, like Django said, has said many times, I wish since it's Black Label, they would just type yeah. out the actual curse word. <laughs> yeah, it's um, fucking dilly pud. But yeah, it's a great, I mean, and yeah, like you said, I mean, making us care about, and I feel stupid not knowing her actual name, but Lady Cop, because um, she hates being called that. But uh, this murder miss, and apparently the things that happened to this issue, I mean, you know, the Creeper, one of my favorite characters. Oh, oh. And tying it all in with the fourth world and with the the creepy outsiders team from first issue special. I mean, this is pretty fucking amazing. Liza Warner. Is that her name? Yeah. I don't know if they've said her name in this whole book. I don't think they have. Oh, golly. I'm on her Wikipedia entry. And I'm still wondering. I wonder I wonder if next issue of Metamorpho is going to show up too. Ooh. Because they've been having his arm and he was in the first issue special. Apparently she was in Arrow. Wait, the show? Yeah. The actress? Like the character Lady Cop, Liza Warner, hmm. portrayed portrayed by Rutina Wesley. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, man. The the way that they're telling this story is really unlike any other story that's being told right now. And I, I just totally, love like totally the, the George Fornes uh like above shots of violence like that. Like, yeah. like the kitchen scene. And he's just got he's so, so good, good at, at that. Like a sense of place, even like later on when they've moved the bodies and stuff, like everything is so, so perfect. And, and just so, you know, what happened before you got there. Yeah. It's, he's, he's fucking incredible. I give it a 9.0. I give it a 9.5. I think I'd also give it a 9.5. Hell we had a, yeah. We had a tender moment with Dark Side and Isaiah, the High Father. Yep. That was pretty good too. You would never expect. I wonder if Tom, how, how Tom King feels about, really not having much of a legacy in dc comics like he does everything so far out of the 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 main canon yeah you know like he's got kite man and condiment man and hell yeah and gotham and lady gotham who we've never seen again yeah but like some of his most important stories don't have a chance of being absorbed yeah into the being canon. Like resonant in the yeah that's a good point yeah i wonder i would think he probably knows his legacy is much more secure by not doing that type of stuff. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So I think we should buckshot before we get out of here, you guys. Oh, 
but I don't no, know. It if, wasn't don't certainly know. wasn't ready for buckshots. I don't know if timers are going to work with this era of updated. Uh, you know, you know. Oh well, I'm just not going to hold my timer very close to the to the uh, microphone, and we'll we see have 90 seconds. Go. Oh motherfucker! I was going to do that to you. Yeah. Wesley Dodds Sandman number two, Vendetti Rossimo. Uh, this is feeling more like a shadow comic than the first issue did to me. The bad guy is like a dark version of Sandman and uh, the the criminals are more of the bumbling idiot shadow types. Um, I also read the Punisher number one. It was pretty good. New Punisher guy. I don't know how long that needs to last. Uh, I read Red Light number one of four. Um, this is going to make some people very, very uncomfortable. It's uh, AI robot prostitutes because then dudes can be really rough with them uh also written by a woman also pretty pretty weird and gross and uncomfortable so i don't know why awa keeps making um like sci-fi women locked in jail rooms but they do space outlaws number two holy shit marco fontanelli that guy i love everything he does right now um i also read the final issue of time before time and it almost fucking made me cry so uh you know what keep was not that reading it, everybody time before time time before time number 29 hmm. um yeah uh yeah nobody should read that nobody should listen to me and uh superman lost number eight of ten uh pretty good that's my time folks tip your servers that's a really pre- pleasant sound yeah, I don't know about these new pleasant sounds that Apple rolled out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm feeling blissed out all of a sudden. <laughs> um, Jeff, if I were to say you got 90 seconds go, what would you say? I'd say I really enjoyed Batman and Robin number three by Joshua Williamson. This has Simone DeMeo on art, who is doing the art, and we only find them when we when they're dead, which I you know was mentioning not liking because uh, it's all very close up and all that stuff. But this mm-hmm. is like an action book, and it's a fun adventure romp, and I think the art works pretty well in it. So it's it's art that works well for like kind of one book a month type of thing. You also get really wonderful moments of like Bruce and Damien being dad and son. They're kind of hilarious. Introduces a female hush named Shush. I think that's pretty bad naming but whatever it's it's like <laughs> it's fun in a dumb way spine tingling spider-man number two by salomon Ackman and juan ferreira uh this book is really good and really creepy and the art is really astounding and they're doing really creepy stuff in it so it, it's it's much much better than i would have thought transformers 2 everyone knows that we can't even keep book number one on the stands that book is incredible daniel warren johnson writing and drawing it it's so good uh love it uh gods number two that's interesting um that's interesting uh met a new character in that spend some time with her she's gonna be a magical force and the kind of extra dimensional magic stuff and then batman number 139 i thought was really really good as well kind of forget what was going on in that but um, had the joker it had the joker for sure and i liked that i remember reading on the airplane when jango and i were going to texas we were going to texas together um that's a trip that we did recently maybe you've heard of it maybe you haven't um i also read other books gene gray wrapped up uh wheezy wrote that she it's cool to see her just getting to write an x-men story with a character she knows and likes and it's a great sort of like uh psychoanalytic deconstruction of jean gray and she's rejoined with the phoenix it seems like so that's pretty cool can you can you hear the timer no right on man well the timer's going off okay cool yeah uh we'll just we'll just cut you when the timer yeah. went off we'll we'll just cut your audio yeah andrew you can can you uh okay cool
uh, Batman Robin, 8.5. Spine Tingling Spider-Man, 8.5. Jean Grey, 8.0. Transformers, 9.5. Batman, 139, 9. Gods, 2, 8.5. Nice. Yeah. A lot of good comics. A lot of good comics. Uh, you should do Roman's timer. I'm going to do Roman up now. 90 seconds. Go, you old crab cake. Golly, I read The Outsiders number one from DC. Oh, wanted to. Mainly because mainly it's Lansing and Kelly, and I really like that writing team. Um, but I didn't really like this issue. Uh, mm. It's, you know, it's Batwoman, Kate Kane, and Luke Fox, and the drummer from Planetary. Oh, and they're called the Outsiders because they're outside of Batman's purview and they're taking on big things, I guess. But I don't know. I was like, oh, geez. Two characters I don't care about and one I barely care about. Eh, so whatever. Um, Superior Spider-Man number one. This is number one? Oh, wow. Um, I didn't realize it was number one. This was a lot of fun. Uh, it's got Spider-Boy. It's Dan Slott writing Spider-Boy. It's becoming more and more interesting. And I really like Doc Ock's new armor. And it was just a fun Spider-Man story with the addition of a new sidekick. Cap Wolf of the Howling Commandos, number two. Also a fun Marvel book. Um, World War II action, Howling Commandos, and Cap fighting Nazis and werewolves and Nazi werewolves and Cap's a werewolf. And it's it's just a blast. And the art is beautiful. Eh, World's Finest Teen Titans, number five, by Mark Wade. Um, Another fun book. uh, And... Robin thinks come to a head. He finally, the Titans are bugging him because he won't tell him his secret identity because Batman won't let him. But he goes against Batman's wishes and then tells the Titans who he is. You feel I that? I heard that. God, yeah, I heard nice. it. God, I, I couldn't hear Django's, but I heard that. Must be nice to be allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Ruin, what do you give those big uh, old blood slurries? World's finest Titans. I give that one uh, an eight. Capital from the Howling Commandos, I give that a nine. Superior Spider-Man, I will give that, jeez, mm, 8.5. And Outsiders number one, I'll give a six. I got turned off of Superior Spider-Man. I liked the Zero issue that came out, but I did not care for this whole shoehorning in of Spider-Boy and like flashing back to old Superior Spider-Man comic time. And like Spider-Boy was there all along and just nobody remembers it because he was white from our mind. It's like, you are really... Dan Slott, you are really working hard to make us like this character that <laughs> in that issue, I dipped out of like the backup story that was mostly him. Um, but he just kind of annoys me. But I'm glad that you're digging oh, him. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. They and finally got something to stick on the wall. Yeah, it is fun. I just think it's funny, though, Dan Slott. People are still using it because I remember when uh, I think it was on Justice League in the 90s, 2000s, they introduced captain triumph and then they did it with sentry at marvel yep. these characters mm-hmm. that nobody remembers but they existed all along yeah they're doing it in dc right now too with all the justice society stuff yeah yeah they're just doing it all the time yeah we don't have a big enough canon we need to make it harder for everybody i i'd like to give a shout out to creep show number three which i also read shout out. It was really good it had um zoe thoroughgood art Ooh. and oh, just two yeah. two really kind of gross creepy stories nice was that the one with the bowling cover yeah yeah <laughs> yeah a great issue like a, like a woman who stopped herself from dying and she lives thousands and thousands of years to the end of the world and finally cuts herself into little pieces hoping that she can finally die and she doesn't so now she's just laying in the desert bored oh that's rad yeah and like she's kind of mentally unstable before that so she like plucks out her eye because it seemed like a good idea at the time like yeah it's uh nice and gross and and the the second story was awesome too um i do have one more thing for us if uh if you guys are ready 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe Andrew. Hey, friendos. It's everyone's 16th favorite Canadian, Brian G. That's right. Number 16. <laughs> I'm rocketing up those charts. And now I'm at number 16. I'm hoping <laughs> to unseat a couple of classic Canadians soon. Folks like <laughs> Anne Murray and that fake Brian, Brian Adams. You know what they call a Brian with a Y in the <laughs> Brian circles? A misspelled Ryan. <laughs> As you know, I'm here for the hard hitting questions. And here's my question this week. You find those vile bandersnatches who robbed your fine shop and you're yeah. allowed to send them to any fictional prison. Where do they go? Are you sending them to Marvel's The Raft? Do they go to Andor's Narkina 5 Imperial Prison Complex? Do they go to Iron Heights from the DCU? Are they going to Blackgate? Are you getting Amanda Waller on their buttocular regions and sending them <laughs> to Bell Rev? Or do you choose something lighter? Do they get community service in Bloodhaven? Parole in Spidey's <laughs> New York City? What are you going to do? That's it from the Gar side this week. We shall talk soon. And that's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that guy's that guy's climbing up my list of favorite Canadians pretty quickly. Yeah, dude. He's, oh, yeah. I would introduce him to the top 10, top 12 without question. Yeah. Uh, Phantom Zone. No doubt. Away oh, with you. Phantom, Phantom Zone. Zone. You trash human. I don't care. Get out of here. You can take the Pokemon cards you kept. Keep yourself entertained for a couple billion years. <laughs> I'm going to say I want them to be on bat cow cage cleaning duty oh. for the next, I don't know, 15 years. That's good. Once a day, they can come and go, but they got to clean bat cow shit every day. Yeah, that's good. It has to be a fictional prison. Yeah, but Jenga okay. just made one up. Um, so like, you know, oh, well, yeah, comic it's theme. fictional. Uh, yeah, I think I, th I think I'd put them in the uh, the uh, one of those deep torture pits. Well, you're all alone and solitary on Krakoa, except I'd put something horrible down there with them. Oh, also those uh, torture pits that were introduced in that new Scott Snyder book or whatever it is, Dungeon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just slowly fuck them up. That'd be good. I'd do that. Just slowly have spiked anal beads inserted and taken from their bodies. I want I want them to have to work retail for the rest of their lives. It's yeah. a life sentence, but it's just retail. Yeah. No naps. Um, and on that bright and bushy-tailed note, we're going to get out of here. You can be like those two brave stalwarts, Brian and William. Thank you for writing in by writing us emails to jeff at thecomicsplace.com. It will get to us. We'll put them on the website. And by website, I mean podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this Choose Your Own Adventure audio adventure hosted by The Comics Place Presents. Comics Place Presents Perfect, Perfect, Perfectly Acceptable Podcast. To listen to this again, Listen to it again. Hit back on your podcast button <laughs> to get to spend two nights in Roman's abode. Come press, on in. press Roman's nipples. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. I'm Jeff. I'm Django. Did Roman make a sound? Did he make a sound? Okay. Oh.